from the land of conjurers, flying through the internet to your device like a UAP, hauntingly unexplained and downright weird. This is the witching hours, and we are ready to take off in the flash of an eye. Good evening to one and all, wherever and whenever you are listening to this program. I am Gina the Frost, and joining me, as always, is Medium Jenny Lee. How are you doing, Jenny? <laughs> I'm doing okay. How are you? Oh, it's been a day. <laughs> the first day. So I'm here. I'm here. First day back to work. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it wasn't bad. It just, you know, I'm used to sitting around and watching UFO videos all day. Mm -hmm. And now I had to do things that I haven't been used to doing. So. <laughs> Hey, hoaxers. Yeah, back to Frosty's back to work today. Wah, wah, wah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um... Hence we, the Hawaiian shirt. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh... I guess a couple things to catch up on. We had talked about doing a, a YouTube stream tonight, and that was the plan all the way until I went to set it up, and then... For some reason, it would let me stream on the Giant of the Frost page. But when I went to set it up to stream on the Witching Hours podcast page, it said that, hey, you're great. Awesome. You're all set up. Good to go. So you can do your first live stream in 24 hours. And it did like a countdown <laughs> clock. Um, so. Who uh, knew? <laughs> yeah. Hi, Amber. Yes, and welcome in hoaxers. Welcome in Amber. How is everyone doing this evening? Um, so, um, so yeah, our plan is is to try to do maybe a couple extra streams when we get a chance over there. Really, just to kind of have some presence over there. Uh, we've been uh, putting all of our episodes over there, and and uh, and uh, the it's been doing pretty well. So we thought we could uh, do some stuff over there as well. But uh, Twitch is our home. Mm -hmm. So we, since we had an extra stream, because we're going to be streaming on Saturday, we're going to have our guest chat to Charlie on. Uh, and so tonight's kind of a bonus uh, episode. So we're like, hey, let's do it on YouTube. But it didn't quite work out. So here we are. Nope. Uh, if you're watching us live, you're watching us on Twitch. In case you forgot where you were. You're hot, hoaxers. It was actually, like, not hot here today. I think the high was 79. Yeah, it's the coolest it's been in a while. We had right a little now bit it's of, like uh, 68 or something. A little bit of the drizzlies today as well. So, mm -hmm. um, let's see. Uh, what else do we have going on? Uh, me and you talked about doing a giveaway for the witching hours. Yes. Uh, hey, CMC. Hello, CMC. Uh, we have a little bit of a new uh, logo thing I'd, I'd put up. You can see it on the screen. So uh, we decided uh, still for the podcast, it's all about word of mouth. Uh, and so what we decided to do um, was a contest for the whole month of August. Maybe we'll do the drawing on... Uh, around Labor Day weekend, once we get through this good. this month. Um, but we're going to ask for two things to be entered into 
Are you going to put this information in the Discord server? Yeah, I'll put it in the Discord server. Okay. And I'll put it on Twitter and I'll put it on YouTube. Put it all over the place. We'll put it all over the place. That'll be my deal this weekend is making sure I get all the the rules and regulations and everything on the contest up. Uh, And what we're going to do is a giveaway. Uh, I think we may, well, I'll just go ahead and make the, the unilateral decision. Anything on our merch store, on the Witching Hours merch store. So a hoodie, t-shirt, you, you can, can get choose one of whatever. Um, but you have to do something first. Yeah, you have to do two things that I have to verify uh, for you to be entered into the drawing, the draw ring. Draw ring. And that would be, uh, you have to go to Apple Podcasts. And give us a review. Uh, uh, whatever you would like to say, but I have to be able to go in there and, and see that uh, using your Twitch username or uh, you like sending me something in Discord or something saying that uh, that that's you. Uh, so uh, a review over on Apple Podcasts. And the other is to take a screenshot of you being subscribed on youtube and what i'll do is i'll create a uh, discord channel specifically for the contest so you can upload your images there and once you leave us a review preferably five stars though uh <laughs> i won't um i guess i won't uh won't force that so you can leave us whatever review you would like but uh I'll leave a screenshot of that and then a screenshot of uh, your youtube uh, showing that you're subscribed and you will be entered into that contest. And we're going to let it run for the whole month. Um, and if you win, you can choose whatever you would like from their merch store. And I've, what do we have over there? We have uh, hoodies, T-shirts, tumblers. I think you said the tumblers have been discontinued. We have a new, it's a new kind of tumbler. Oh, okay. the, the tumbler that Luce has is one of a kind. Only, only one was made and only one there shall be. Tumblr. Yeah. <laughs> of its kind, like a fingerprint. There's beanie hats. All kinds of stuff. And I might even put some new stuff up um, as we go. So, anyway, we have that going on for the month of August. And uh, really, the, the purpose of that is, A, I like giving away stuff. <laughs> and and B, uh, in this podcast game, it's all about word of mouth and getting the name out there. And the more ratings your podcast has, the more likely it's willing to fall into an algorithm of AI and machine learning in the uh, in this artificial intelligence world we live in uh, that will show our podcast to more people who are into the weird stuff that we're into. Uh, so that's what we got going on. Thanks, Hoaxers. Hoaxers said we need 10 stars. Five 10 stars. Not good enough. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we love doing the show. And we love doing the show for you guys. And that's all yeah. we need. But every extra weirdo we can get in there <laughs> is good. Because, uh, I don't know, it just opens more opportunities for the show. More yeah. guests. 
more people we have, the bigger name guests we can get. More yes. people will be attracted to coming on and talking to us. So, um, so that's that's why we're doing it. And that's what we got going on. So it should be a, a, a fun month of uh, August. And get street, uh, street cred, yes. Yeah, get street, street cred. cred. Yeah. Yeah. There are a lot of weirdos, for sure. Although, you know, I have to say, uh, and uh, I like talking inside baseball. I don't know if people like to hear about it or not. But when we started this podcast, I was like, who are we? Who's going to come on and talk to two people? Uh, and a lot of people have. A lot of really cool people have. Yeah, I've had a lot of cool guests. Um, and as the show's gotten bigger, it's other people have like recommended us. Like, hey, you guys should go on this podcast, which I've been uh, tremendously thankful for. And so it's been really fun to have um, every single one of our guests that we've had on has been a fun conversation. And so we look forward uh, to many more. All right, Jay. Many more. And many more. You ready for the news? Yes. Actually, Crosser just ordered Okay, so uh, the first article up for today is uh, from Fox News, Russian UFO engagements, secret Tic Tac report, and three key figures slip under the radar at congressional hearing. Uh, mm -hmm. So investigative journalists Jeremy Corbell and George Knapp provided Congress with sworn testimonies, which were obtained by Fox News Digital, and flanked former Intelligence Community Inspector General at Wednesday's UFO hearing. So this is something I think I might have mentioned when we talk about this on the last show, but sitting behind uh, the three witnesses for the hearing was one George Knapp. Uh, if you're not familiar with George Knapp, George Knapp is the well, back in the day, a Las Vegas uh, news reporter who was the first to interview Bob Lazar. Um, so uh, he gave a testimony, written testimony in that hearing. So he wasn't questioned, but he did give a, uh, a written report to Congress. Uh, Russian warplanes engaged UFOs, chased them, and even shot at them at least 45 times by 1993 according to classified Russian documents that investigative reporter George Knapp obtained and smuggled out of the country. Mm. So it's not just the United States that's been dealing with this for quite some time. Uh, and evidently, uh, the Russians... Apparently, we're smart enough not to shoot at them. <laughs> we're taking uh, pop shots there. That's just one snippet of information revealed in letters written by Knapp and investigative journalist Jeremy Corbel to the House Oversight Committee before Wednesday's UFO hearing. Both letters, which were first obtained by Fox News and published in their entirety uh, in the article below, if you guys are interested, I can put the link there, uh, were entered into the congressional record. Since 1969, the position of our military has been that UFOs pose no threat to national security and are not worthy of further study, Knapp wrote in his letter. This dismissive attitude is directly at odds with what was revealed in documents, reports, and internal memos. Yeah, because the if they're if they're saying that it's not uh, a national security, then why are they so uh, 
against us knowing about them because Ooh. that's their excuse for us not knowing about it is that it's a national security issue but then they're saying it's not a national security issue mm -hmm. make up your mind as the country's eyes and ears were glued to three explosive testimonies corbel whispered something to charles mccullough as george knapp listened in with a smirk mccullough who was President Barack Obama's former Intelligence Community Inspector General, represented Crush in his Intelligence Community Inspector General complaint, uh, purposely seated behind Crush at the hearing. So, uh, CMC said that we have also shot at them. Oh, yeah. And that goes all the way back to the Foo Fighters, right? In World War II. I like that band. Not Dave Grohl. But two fighters. <laughs> yeah. No one was shooting at Dave Grohl. Where Dave Grohl got this the band name from. Yeah. yeah. Well, Dave Grohl does live out did live outside of DC. So he might have been shot yeah. at, but he wasn't <laughs> shot at during World War II. That was yes. the other Foo Fighters. Hi, Priestess of Wonderland. <laughs> Welcome in, Priestess yeah. of Wonderland. They weren't so, they weren't thinking that Dave Grohl was a no. uh, a UAP. Yes. No. Not at all. <laughs> um, That's good. We've already lost one Foo Fighter. We don't need to lose anymore. Yeah. Uh, second story for this evening. Archaeologists use artificial intelligence to translate a 5,000-year-old cuneiform tablets. Oh, cool. What did it say? A team of archaeologists and computer scientists have created an AI program that can translate ancient cune uh, cuneiform tablet instantly using neural machine learning translations in a paper published in the journal PNAS Nexus from the Oxford University Press. The researchers have applied the AI program to translate Akkadian text with high level of accuracy. Uh, Akkadian is an ancient East Semitic language was once spoken in various regions of ancient Mesopotamia, including uh, uh, Akkad, Assyria, Isin, Larsa, Babylonia, and possibly Dilmun. The language is preserved on clay tab tablets dating back to 2500 uh, BCE. That was, uh, that was written using cuneiform, a script adopted from the Sumerians using wedge-shaped symbols pressed in wet clay. According mm -hmm. to the researchers, hundreds of thousands of clay tablet, tablets inscribed in the cuneiform script document the political, social, economic, and scientific history of ancient Mesopotamia, yet most of these documents remain untranslated and inaccessible. Due mm -hmm. to their sheer number and limited quantity of experts able to read them, uh, so that's why, because they don't have enough people to be able to read all of the documents. Which, you know, when I was, when I was taking... Um, Oh, I try to uh, venture to the past here. When I was taking uh, one of my classes on, um, I'm going to draw a blank on the, on the time period, um, like 500 BC, uh, AD, uh, uh, I had a professor who spoke a lot of different languages. And he spoke some ancient languages. He did ancient Greek, but then he also did like, I want to say Coptic. And like, that's one of the things he did is he just spent tons of times. Like he had a job before he was a professor where he was a PhD in ancient languages. And all he did was translate stuff. And there's just so much stuff to translate. There's not enough people 
that can speak those languages to be able to translate the documents. Uh, so the AI program has a high level accuracy when translating formal Akkadian texts such as royal decrees or omens that follow a certain pattern. More literary and poetic texts such as letters from priests or tracts are more likely to have hallucinations. An AI term meaning that the machine generated a result completely unrelated to the text provided. So uh, no specific translations of the text in this article, but just that they are now using AI to translate some of the ancient texts. And if it's like, you know, something simple, it can figure it out. But if it's something that's like expressive, it like doesn't know what the hell it's saying. Is that what you're saying? Um, if it was like a ledger for goods, it's like, got it. Yeah, and, and, you know that's the whole thing. With but like if it was like, if it was like a poet of a, a poem about the moon, it's like doesn't know what the hell it says. Uh, I think for the most part, you know, with machine learning, it's something where the more it, the more it translates and gets the right mm -hmm. things put into it, the better it will be to translate. But that they're starting to use that, and it looks hmm. like yeah, you're correct that they're starting. Well, most of these uh, cuneiform tablets aren't stories it's like yeah, how much grain like the person records. was storing exactly. yeah for the records most part like stuff. a mm -hmm. very high percentage of what people find is records yeah exactly and yeah. so that's gonna that'll start building up a like you know ezekiel has 10 bales of wheat and joseph has uh 10 pounds of rice yeah. Yeah, pretty much for business, you know, business is yeah. what it was used for. Same thing with the, um, you know, with our alphabet uh, starting over in the Mediterranean. It was all created for the same reason, usually. Yeah. Um, Keeping track of stuff. You know how many sheep I'm selling mm -hmm. for this? Yeah. How many? Frosty has 25 grains. sheep. Yeah. If he travels at 350 no, miles an hour. Not no. at all. <laughs> uh, this is the big news for the week. How uh, many sheep does he have left? <laughs> I probably could have uh, done a, a, a bunch of articles on this, so we can talk about this a little bit. Uh, and I don't know if you guys have heard about this, but a superconductor breakthrough claims to uh, is drawing a bunch of interest and skepticism. So... Some researchers in Korea have made an extraordinary claim that they've developed a superconductor that works at room temperature and pressure. It's getting a lot of attention and skepticism. A room temperature semiconductor would levitate, levitate on magnets and transmit electricity with no resistance. It would be uh, revolutionary. Mm -hmm. uh, think levitating trains, fusion reactors, significantly more efficient electrical grids. Korean researchers, uh, I'm going to massacre these names, but I'll do my best. Uh, Suk Bae Lee and Ji Hoon Kim and Young Wan Kwan said in papers released last week that they have made one LK99 by combining copper and a mineral known as lead apatite. Apatite. I think it's a long shot because many extraordinary claims do not pan out, said Doug Nadelson, a physics professor at Rice University. 
Nadelson has concerns about the underlying data. There have been at Doug. least two claims. Doug's such a Debbie Downer. Mm-hmm. There have been at least two claims this year that new superconducting materials have been found. One of those was recently retracted. The other requires high pressure to work. Over the years, there's been a lot of what we call USOs, which means unidentified superconducting objects, uh, said Michael <laughs> Norman with uh, Argoni National Laboratory. Who's coming up with this? The recipe to make LK99 is fairly easy, at least by scientific lab standards, so chemists around the world are trying. We have people at the lab who've grown samples and they're measuring them. And we'll see what they find, Norman said. So far, he said, the samples do not levitate on magnets as a superconductor would. I expect there will be a room temperature superconductor sometime in the next 30 years, said Richard Green, a physicist at the University of Maryland. With so many scientists racing to replicate LK99, he said we should know in a few weeks whether this Korean recipe is finally it. But there's more to this story. Because oh, wait, there's more. Scientists at William & Mary University have now also put in papers, this is not in this article, also stating that they discovered LK99 and that they are also saying that is it a superconductor that will work uh, in low-pressure room temperature environments. Uh, mm. So another article here is claim of room temper temperature superconductor is tearing the scientific world apart it's absolute chaos is the headline. Uh, and so last month, a team of researchers claimed they'd essentially found the holy grail in the field of physics, a superconductor that can operate at ambient pressures and room temperatures. Uh, I'll kind of cut out here. It's a, it's a huge claim. It's still being peer reviewed. Um, right now, superconductors typically require ultra low temperatures, which is essentially they have to be frozen to absolute zero. So you can take a lot of common things, like uh, I think copper is one of them, uh, and you can take it down to negative 260 degrees Fahrenheit, and it can act as a superconductor, and that's what we have now. But the benefit to having a room temperature superconductor, and I could be somewhat wrong about this, I've been trying to learn about this uh, on my bus rides today, um, is that you don't have to have the energy that it takes to cool it, cool it down. Um, and all that has to be done with like electrical grids. And if you're trying to create fusion engines, like one of the things uh, scientists have talked about is that if for us to achieve like interstellar travel and stuff, it would more likely be a fusion engine uh, instead of like a propulsion engine. And so mm -hmm. having this kind of superconductor would allow for us to start building fusion engines uh, and have okay. electrical grids that were like much more efficient. Um, mm. And uh, I'm sure that's just the tip of the iceberg for scientific uh, uh, data. CMC uh, said the patent for above room temperature superconductors was granted last week. Well, there we go. Uh, last month, a research team led by women, Mary University physics researcher uh, Juan Ta Kim presented evidence for the new material. Its electrical resistance allowed the object to levitate on a permanent magnet without first being cooled down to extremely low temperatures. Even the best performing current super, superconductor has to be cooled down to a frosty negative 220 degrees. Uh, the permit was submitted to the preprint AirZiv on the very same day as an entirely separate preprint 
by a different group of South Korean researchers. So we have two different groups making the discovery, apparently kind of at the same time here. Uh, That's the and, way science stuff always works. People always discover the stuff at the same time in different places. And so we'll, always. we'll find out because essentially what we have now is a mad rush in the science community for people that are essentially trying to replicate this in their experiments at their universities. And, but it seems like if one person claimed it, it would be easy to see the boy who cried wolf. But now to have two different universities from two different countries uh, saying, you know, making the same claim and releasing all their data and encouraging other people to try to replicate it, uh, which is what William & Mary is doing. They're like, here, here's the recipe, so to speak. Go make this yourself and, uh, and, um, and then tell us when it works is essentially what they're saying. Um, so the article goes on, but yeah. Uh, CMC said the, the material is superconducting up to 302 degrees Fahrenheit. Yeah, which is, yeah. So, so if there, so the importance, I guess, there, CMC Airboss would be that if whatever you were doing, whatever you were using it for was creating friction and creating energy and to heat it up, uh, it could work uh, as long as there was some kind of minor cooling going on, like you would for a yeah, computer or something like that. Yeah, it wouldn't have to be cooled down. So it would just have to be kept under 302 degrees yeah, which would be <laughs> like being negative 200 degrees yeah it wouldn't crazy. have to be kept at absolute zero and yeah. so so yes that could be um that could be big big news and and one of the reasons the thing that kind of struck me uh as i was reading through these articles is isn't it strange isn't it weird that there has just been a ton of information coming out lately about all this new stuff that's coming out and superconductors and wormholes and all kinds of stuff that's being and ring wormholes. Yeah. And all of this stuff is being talked about and having papers written on it just at the same time as we're having congressional hearings on UFOs. Coincidence. I mean, there isn't necessarily a connection there, but um, I don't know. I mean, it seems to be quite the coincidence. Uh, so we'll see. But uh, yeah. things seem to be moving at a at a pretty fast pace with uh, with some of this uh, with some of this stuff here. And Priest then the last Wonderland, what Priest was one of Wonderland was saying, uh, why is that? Even movies seem to do that. Different movies, same story. Mm-hmm. I think it's the collective unconscious. The collective consciousness. Collective unconsciousness. That, that, that's always, um, well, not unconsciousness. We don't want everyone to fall asleep. We want everyone to think together. <laughs> um, I think I but, have a collective unconsciousness, but <laughs> I hope the scientists have a collective consciousness where they're like, uh, you know, th- and that's happened historically. Um, it has. Where one, Na- you know, over going back and to times, over and over and over, yeah. where one yeah. nation on one side of the world would do something that another nation started doing on the other side of the world at the same time, or yeah. or in a close proximity of time when there wasn't the communication network that's available today. 
Yeah. And so the human race goes through thousands of years and then all, all of a sudden spontaneously people in Brazil are doing the same thing or that people in China are doing or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, last story for today, uh, there were giants in those days. Peruvian fossil challenges blue whales for size. Scientists have identified mm. a new candidate for the heaviest ever animal on planet Earth. Wow. It's an ancient, long extinct whale that would have tipped the scales at close to 200 tons. Wow. Only some of the very biggest blue whale specimens might have rivaled its heft. Researchers say the creature's Fossilized bones were dug up in the desert in southern Peru, so it has been given the name uh, Perucidus Colossus. Dating of the sediments around the remains suggests it lived about 39 million years ago. Mm. The fossils were actually discovered 13 years ago, but their size and shape meant it took three years just to get them to Lima, where they've been wow. studied ever since. Uh 18 bones were recovered from the marine mammal, an early type of whale known as uh, basilosaurid. These included 13 vertebrae, four ribs, and a part of a hip bone. Uh, but even given these fragmentary elements and their age, scientists were still able to decipher a huge amount about the creature. Dr. Amson, a curator at Germany's State Museum of Natural History in Stuttgart, states... Uh, what we like to say is that uh, uh, Perucidus is in the same ballpark as the blue whale, he told PBC News. But there's no reason to think that our individual was particularly big or small. It was likely just part of the general population. So it's worth keeping in mind that when we use the median estimate, it's already at the very upper ranges of what blue, blue whales can measure. So essentially like what is probably a normal size whale here was already the size of the biggest blue whales. So chances are the biggest uh, Perucidus whales were much larger than the largest blue whales. Wow. And blue whales themselves are pretty scary. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Has anybody ever been in the, uh, was it the Natural History Museum in New York? In uh, New York City? If you go in there, there is a uh, replica of a blue whale hang hanging from the ceiling in one of the rooms there that is just, it's so big. If you try to look at the whole thing, like I got scared kind of, <laughs> and I was with uh, one of my friends who almost had a freak out. It was so big. Like you almost had to go into a different room because it was just freaking him out. Because it's like just so massive. Panic. Yeah. So if, um, yeah, for something to be bigger than that is just. 200 tons is the weight of a U.S. Navy destroyer. Wow. Yeah. Things were big back then. Amazing. Must have been from Texas. No, Texas didn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> So that's the news. And that was the news. All right. So, um, what are we going to do, Jenna the Frost? Yeah. I think we're going to watch some videos. 
we it's been a while since we did a video watch so we went through and got some videos yeah. that we haven't had a chance to watch that people have posted in discord and we're gonna take a look at them and watch them together yay if that sounds good to you guys um we've picked out four different ones yeah and all ones that everyone left so we have um one is the truth about Roswell, decoding decades of deception. Another one is the day that time forgot an alien invasion we can't recall. Uh, and I have began to watch that video. Uh, it was very interesting and I fell asleep. Um, <laughs> and I did not get to the part that was time stamped by Priestess of Wonderland. So we can, we're actually going to start, start at that time stamp. stamp. And then we have another video uh, that was put in Discord, Discord called Decrypting Universal Mysteries and Esoteric Wisdom with Robert Edward. And a short little UFO snippety snippet. Yeah, I guess that can be the first one that we put up here. Um, yeah, that's real short. We can watch it a couple of times. Let me go ahead and see if I can get to the... Uh, desktop scheme here if that works yeah let's not fall asleep live on stream yeah uh no i didn't fall asleep because the video is bad i, I have a tendency to <laughs> listen to things, to things as i fall asleep he's going to sleep yeah. and so i probably stayed up much later than i should have but uh the video was so long i didn't get to that point but uh the rest of the video is very interesting as well um so i was enjoying listening to it i just haven't had a chance to get back to it yet all right so uh, this was a video that I saw making its way in the Twitterverse, or I guess now that would be the Xverse, um, <laughs> of, of, of a video uh, taken from a commercial plane uh, that was just posted on Twitter by a, uh, I'm going to forget the country now, but it was like a, a, a model from Europe, just like, you know, a woman who models clothes. She travels off for a job and she saw something out the window is apparently what I've uh, seen from this video and it made its way around. Uh, of course, some people say it's fake. Some people say it's real, but I thought it was intriguing enough to watch. So I'm going to go ahead and play that. Uh, if you're ready and you have your popcorn all good to go, then uh, I'm going to go ahead and play this and we can. You, you guys tell me, what do you think of it? All right, I'm going to start it. It looks like a, a stingray mm -hmm. or like a manta ray. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's weird because like as it's when it's far away, it's like. It just looks like a like a sphere, but then it looks like a triangle and then it just looks crazy. Yeah, I'll go ahead and kind of pause it. Um... And it looks like that plane is a pretty small plane, right? CMC. Yeah, that's good. That's, that's got to be a plane. small plane, right? Mm -hmm. So that little that UFO looks pretty small too. Like it's way small. It like looks smaller than the airplane, mm -hmm. and that's a small airplane. 
Yeah, I would say that it's small. You also don't know quite how far away it is. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, it gets pretty close. I mean, it goes right by the, right by the window. I would think that aircraft are not supposed to get that close to each other. <laughs> right? Like, that yeah. looks terrifying. I mean, you know, there's a couple questions. There's a couple things you have to, you know, think about. One is that... Um, there you go. CMC says it's a diamond twin star. There we go. Small twin engine airplane, yeah. Um, one is that you have to remember that, and I guess this is maybe a little bit different for this type of plane because it's not traveling at extremely high rates of speed like a jet or uh, mm -hmm. even maybe like a commercial airliner would travel at. But whatever it's passing in the sky is going to look like it's moving super fast, even if it's not moving fast because the plane is moving fast. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's a distortion in, in size and speed. And then, of course, there's always the chance that it could be, um, you know, completely faked. Yeah. I mean, people can do a lot of stuff with, you know, video editing now. It's pretty much, especially when the video just kind of pops up and no one, you know, it's hard, you know. Yeah. I don't know whether it's, uh, you know. But I thought it was intriguing enough. To, yeah, uh, I like that at. one. Yeah, it looks like it a weird shape. weird shape. Mm -hmm. People were saying that it was a balloon. <laughs> like a mylar balloon? Yeah, and that the wind is blowing against it, which is giving it that shape. Yeah. But you could kind of see at the bottom. You know, if you look at the bottom of it, it kind of has yeah. a point off like it could be some kind of balloon. It, it doesn't say, like, get well soon or anything no. on that. <laughs> Plus, that'd be a really big balloon. So then you'd that'd be, be talking a big about ass like a, mylar balloon. It'd be like yeah. a weather balloon or something, essentially. At, that point. at one point in my life, I worked at a craft store. We had to blow up balloons and that would have taken a lot of helium. <laughs> yeah. So anyway. Yeah. Um, Hoaxers wants a balloon that big. We'll, we'll get on it, Hoaxers. Probably need a whole tank of helium just for that one balloon. So let's do, for the next video, let's do uh, the day that time forgot an alien, an alien invasion we can't recall. I'm curious to see what this is about. Some of these other videos we have posted up here are very long, so we won't be able to watch the whole thing, but we can kind of get the gist of what they're talking about here. Uh, here's the odd thing that matches the exact description of that Roswell craft that I described during our remote viewing oh, session. Oh, wow, CMC. <laughs> CMC, maybe you were just seeing a giant Mylar balloon. <laughs> no, that's pretty cool. Pretty cool. I love it. Yeah. I thought that our remote viewing exper uh, experiments were like super fun and we definitely need to do them again because there's a, there's, there's no limit. We have it a limitless amount of places and times and events that we could look at. And I just thought it was great. So, you know what I'm going to do? do? I, don't, I never added this one here. I'm going to add our cameras to the screen. 
Yeah. That way we're not um, completely. So give me a second, guys. Let yeah, I thought we. Back. I thought you had one that we were on there previously. The last time I did this. Maybe I do. Let me. Let me. Let me cancel this. Yeah, I just thought it was great. It's so much fun listening to everybody's experiences and then comparing. There we go. You that know? Works. There we go. Like, what did we, what did everybody get that was the same, you know, or things that were similar? I love it. Love it. Okay. All right, guys. So I have no clue what to expect. I haven't gotten here to this point, so... Let's pick up where uh, where uh, it was time stamped here. Well, Allison uh, said yeah. is giving us a little uh, info. This is okay. a hypnosis session, and the sitter is asking a question about an injury in her knee, and this is, I think, her higher self responding to what happened. All right, here we go. Okay. Tell us about the the higher beings that she was working with that she may not remember now. There was an alien invasion of a group that was not kind. They did not intend well for the Earth. And it was so big no one could hide it. And it came in at this point where she was located. When this happened, something in her from that past life we showed earlier activated. She turned into light. She does not remember, but she turned into light and sent out a distress call. Many beings came to help. And this is the only time and only point in history of the entire planet that permission has been given to wipe the minds of this moment in time from all of human consciousness. Can we pause that there? Okay. Yeah, I'm paused. What? <laughs> <laughs> Wipe it from the minds of all human consciousness. Like. The fact like that there was an alien invasion. <laughs> yeah, men in black is what I was thinking of too. Look at the light. Yeah. Like, what? Okay, go ahead. Continue. Yeah. Hey, oh my gosh, that's incredibly interesting. Can you can you share with us more about that moment in time, please? I will speak of some, but not all. There is much that. It is important humans do not yet know. However, the earth was saved. Hallelujah. Approximately when did this happen? This happened in 1994. We pause it there. 1994. What area of the globe? 1984. I was 13 years old. It's like eighth grade. 
Well, I, you know, I've heard stuff recently uh, going down the Mandela effect uh, rabbit holes that that's when people are supposing that the Mandela effect started. Yeah. That two timelines interconnected and merged or whatever happened around 1993, I think was the date that I heard okay. before. Uh, but I mean, at that point, it's, it might, you know, it's pretty much the same. Hmm. September 16th, 1994. Hmm. Which the people had their mind erased. And then there was like this new, that's when things could have changed. So there are, there are people, man, I know this isn't about the Mandela effect, but it is, could that be a way that some people have different memories than others? Yeah. I'm trying to think back, like, because for me, I do have the memory of Nelson Mandela dying. Like, I'm one of those from that whatever, that timeline or whatever, you know? And I'm trying to think of, like, what year it was that I realized that he didn't die. I think it was later than 1994. Yeah, I think you thought that he had died even just a few years ago, maybe. Like into the 2000s, I think. Mm. Yeah, like maybe early 2000s. Like most people didn't realize Nelson Mandela, the people who thought Nelson Mandela died, typically didn't realize he was alive until he died. And that was when... Yeah. Uh, President Obama was in office. Or like, he right? did get out of, like, he got out of prison at some point. Yes. And then he died some, like, not that long after that, right? Is that, like, the other timeline? <laughs> or had it been a long time since he had been out of prison? Because uh, that's, like, that's, like, the current timeline, that like we're like we're on right now, right? No, I mean, he he got out of prison and he became president of South Africa, and he helped end apartheid. Okay, like, he did a lot of stuff. Yes, but when did he get out of prison? Nineteen ninety. Okay. Yeah, see, I have no recollection of that. I just remember him dying the second time and being like, wait a minute. <laughs> he had already died in the late 80s. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Most people who remember him dying don't yeah. remember him becoming president, don't remember any of that stuff that here this is interesting okay hold on a second i'm looking at like the wikipedia page for nelson mandela he became president in 1994 mm. <laughs> yeah April so that, that lines up with that timeline 
So that lines up with that timeline of that 1993-1994 things changing. Yeah. Which coincides with what this uh, lady is talking about. And then he died in 1999. So yeah, it was like that would have been or no, he didn't die in 1999. No. That was when he was in office. Yeah. He died. When did he die? Where's his death? Two thousand thirteen. Yeah. Okay, so that was after that was after Obama then. For some reason I thought Obama was in office. He lived to be ninety five years no, old was, in this in this no, timeline. Was. Yeah, Obama was in office then. Sorry. Time time is uh <laughs> elusive. <laughs> He lived. He lived to be ninety-five yeah. years old in this other timeline. Yeah. But in in the timeline I remember, he died in like nineteen eighty something, like late eighties. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because then Obama was off in office from two thousand and eight to two thousand and sixteen. So, yeah, that was during his presidency. Wow. Okay, so that's interesting. So 1994, that's something to keep okay, uh, yeah. in our mental notes as we look yes. into more stuff down the road. <laughs> All right, you want to keep listening to this? Yeah. Let's go. Okay. Was she at? I'm not asking for specifics. She was in Kenya. And so... She was in Kenya. You, This group that came in, the alien invasion that didn't have positive intentions, correct? They did not have positive intentions. What is remembered is that a plane was shot in case anyone had any memory fragments. The Octarians ensured that the memories were wiped in a way that was very careful and very respectful. And they were wiped for what reason? To not remember the invasion. Okay. Wow. And why the Arcturians? That is who Michelle called. Okay. Got it. Okay. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So 1994, and the plane crash, or the plane that was shot, that's the memory that humans might have? That's the memory that those that were there were given, yes. Okay. And globally, though, this was a known event? There's, there, is, there was some news of the plane, but not, not extensively. Can you pause, no. it, pause it again? Yeah. And so was the plane... Okay, so I looked up plane shot in 1994. In Rwanda, there was a sh- plane shot down that ha- was carrying the president of Rwanda. Yeah, and that would have been that would have been uh, kind of the beginning of the uh, of the genocide. Yes, in nineteen ninety four. On the eve of the nineteen ninety four genocide. Yeah. In nineteen ninety four, in Africa. Yeah. <laughs> so. 
So there was a plane that was shot down in Africa in 1994. But not in Kenya. No. And that's an important distinction because... 500,000 people died. Because we have a tendency to... genocide. We have a tendency to equate Africa... People... Some people have a tendency to equate Africa as like a nation, but it's a a gigantic continent. And so... Yes. Just because something happens in one part of Africa doesn't mean it's the same as it happening in the other part. But let's look and see exactly how close are they together. All right, let's look at a map. Kenya and Rwanda are right frickin' next to each other. Yeah. There's like a lake that separates them. Lake Victoria is mm-hmm. in the middle between them. Yeah. Not that they're not that that would be close because I'm sure land wise and travel distance would be huge. But if it was a freaking alien invasion, you know what I mean? So then that's curious because 500,000 people died in the Rwandan genocide. You see what I'm saying? No, yeah, it it is curious, and um, and then you know it's important. I mean, for the thing I spoke about earlier about you know being individual countries in Africa, which I think gets left out too much. Yes. Um, the fact that they are neighboring, you know, that they border. Each sort other of. Is, I mean, they they don't really border each other because well, there's a huge lake in between them. But, but, but then they're they do close they enough share, to each share other. a border on the lake. Actually, they don't because they don't. Tanzania, okay. Tanzania, it okay. comes up in between them. Rwanda is actually a pretty small, yeah, it a, is. a small country. It is, yeah. Compared to Kenya, which is huge. And I think you have Uganda to the north. Uganda is right there. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's pretty, pretty weird stuff there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So Keep, uh, what's 500,000? The 500,000 people died in the Rwandan genocide. Yeah. It I mean... started with a, plane, <laughs> with a plane being shot down in 1994, which this lady's hypnosis is saying that that's what was put in people's memories to replace what really happened. So are they What's saying up? possibly that the that the genocide was created to cover up an alien invasion? I'm I'm saying that there's a plane that's shot down. Why does down. it seem like an equals? <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, you know? sorry, we have to cover up this alien invasion. We're going to slaughter five hundred thousand people. Yeah. No, I'm like I'm wondering if the five hundred thousand people that died were because of the alien invasion, and we have a false memory now because they wiped our memories well you know i always thought that was really weird uh i mean i guess this is kind of a weird episode anyway so i can go off on a little bit of a tangent we don't have a guest i mean i would i would like to say this before we continue because i i don't want to um like i don't i don't want to it to be insensitive or anything that or like downgrade what happened to the people of rwanda like we're not saying that at all you know 
Like it's just a, a thought, a, a theory, a, a thought experiment. What, a what yeah. if? Like what if, what if yeah. that's what it was? Mm-hmm. Because no matter what, our history says that you know what happened was humans were killing each other. So proceed, Frostgiant. Well, well, normally I don't like to go too deep into stuff when we have a guest on because then I'm just taking away time from the guest. But for me to expound on this a little bit, um, when I teach history, um, I always, you know, one of the things when you talk about the 1990s, the U.S. is transitioning from a period of Cold War politics to humanitarian relief politics. So once the Soviet Union falls, the United States uh, during the Bush and the Clinton eras moves from like Cold War uh, foreign policy to UN foreign policy. And And you may remember that like in the 90s, you see lots of blue helmets all the time on the news. And there's all this, we move from the Cold War into an age of humanitarian relief. We're going to help this country and we're going to help that country. We're going to send money over there. We're going to have doctors without borders and we're going to um, send medicine. And and a lot of that's done in Africa. A matter of fact, a lot of people don't remember Mm -hmm. this either. But when, when George Bush, when George W. Bush runs for president, he runs on a policy of foreign aid and actually has a, actually proposes as like a, as like a, a campaign promise that he's going to spend like millions upon millions upon millions of dollars in foreign aid in Africa. And I think a lot of that had to do with like AIDS and some other stuff like that. And he actually gets criticized a lot from his own party for that. But that was just politics at the time. And then that changes when, when 9-11 happens. And then we go back into this war policy and uh, uh, terror. But I say all that just to kind of set up the point that I'm making here, which is I always thought that it was strange that the United States didn't do anything in Rwanda. Mm-hmm. Because if, if that happened now and we didn't do it, maybe people, maybe it wouldn't seem so strange. Or if it happened in 1980 when we were in Cold War with the Soviet Union, Maybe it wouldn't have seemed quite as strange, but when when the when the uh, genocide in Rwanda happens, we were in the, the UN, time of yes. being helpers. Yeah, the UN yeah. and the United States had a foreign policy of like peacekeeping troops and all that kind of stuff. So why wouldn't we have sent UN peacekeepers and stuff like that into Rwanda? We never did. People were calling for it and calling for it. Uh, to my recollection, and like it became like a thing that was being talked about. I remember like MTV, if I'm not mistaken, would play like things about the massacre that was going on, the genocide that was going on. Uh, so I've always thought it was weird that during that specific policy time, mm-hmm. that it was just allowed to continue. We never mm-hmm. really got involved any more than any kind yeah. of like token thing. And so. Yeah. I say all of that and go on that huge rant and history lesson for, for many of you who probably don't need it. Um, <laughs> just to say, just to say that that kind of corroborates that a little bit of like, why wouldn't the UN, maybe not the United States, but at least the UN and stuff like that gotten involved. Yeah. Well, CMC says there's something we haven't got to in the uh, video yet that 
that two years had elapsed before the mind reprogramming back to 1984. Okay, so let's continue the video. <clears throat> yeah. Plane directly tied into the aliens? No, the plane was just a decoy memory. Okay, understood. Wow. Oh. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's a fascinating topic. So the okay. plane is a decoy so, memory. Uh, how does that occur? How does how do the Arcturians benevolently erase the collective's memories to help them? They specialize in much peaceful technology. This technology that they have of their knowing of humans understands their neurology and is able to do it in a way that does no harm and it is seamless and very few Can we pause will it again? get any memories back yeah am I the only one that's like irritated about this <laughs> she's like they're doing it peacefully and you know blah 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 it's like you erased our freaking memory. You know, if this is all, if this is true, you know, you erased yeah. our freaking memories. Like, that seems wrong to me, no matter how peaceful they're trying to be. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Luce is irritated there's no actual video. Well, I think it's just a recording, Luce. They yeah. had to put some kind of visual thing with it. Yeah. Not all people, Luce, can bring you live streaming video <laughs> of them channeling extraterrestrial <laughs> entities like the great and wondrous medium Ginny Lee. Oh, thanks. <laughs> yeah. No, I you know, yeah, I mean it brings up a whole thing. Well, you know, I'm I'm a big proponent for free will and uh and and stuff like that. And so I don't think if something like that were to have occurred where our memories were completely wiped and false memories were put in, I would I'm not okay with that, even if it was for like the, the greater, greater good. good. Yeah. CMC says feeling the same thing and the point I will raise shortly will make this interview's content questionable. I mean, really, really, CMC, this is all it's a question. It's all questionable anyway. And it's just fun to listen to and talk about and wonder if it's true, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and then like and really, it like this particular part that we're talking about just brings up the question of like. If if that technology existed, is it morally okay to erase people's memories? You know, if the little, you know, look at the light thing from Men in Black existed, is it really okay for the greater good to erase people's memories? That brings up, yeah. Well, I mean, that's I don't know. Matter. I don't think that it is. Well, what was that movie? Was it? Uh... With the, uh, with the woman from, uh, um, I'll remember it as soon as I say it, but the Titanic, what was that actress's name? Kate Winslet. Kate Winslet. Oh yeah. You're yeah. Eternal um, sunshine or the spotless, no, the spotless mind. mind. Yes. 
kind of broaches that. And in that, they're not. Yeah. In in that movie, uh, was that Jim Carrey? It was Jim Carrey. He like, uh, and that was like his decision. He made his own decision, but there was still almost like, I feel like a a moral quandary about whether people should even be able to to do that with their own free will. Because because you're not only are you just doing it to yourself, but you're inherently doing it to other people. Yeah. Like how you interact with other people is then changed. So like if, you know, if you're a friend of someone or a family member of someone and they have your memory wiped from their brain, then it's not just affecting you. It's affecting. (laughs) Allison said, would you rather have your mind wiped or humans not to exist? (laughs) And Allison, I'm going to say, since they saved us anyway, why can't they just let us have the memory of it? You know? I mean, I guess we in 1994, we wouldn't have been able to handle it because we can clearly not even handle it in 2023. But I want to have my memory of it. If this really, you know, if, if like if something really happened, just let me have the memory of it. Let me make the let me make that decision. But like Which, Frosty said, like even in like that in that movie, he he makes a decision himself. And. It's still a bad decision. <laughs> we would all have PTSD. We all so we all have PTSD that was, anyway. That's gonna be my answer. We yeah. all have PTSD anyway, or at least a a significant portion. And we can go down a huge rabbit hole <laughs> of having collective PTSD. Um, we talked about this with our friends that came on <laughs> at the time. Uh, he's what was his his handle when we had him on? Frosty, what was his? Um, he's cha- since changed his YouTube to Agent Exodus, yes. but at the time he was calling himself something else. What was it? I don't remember. Um, oh, you, I, for some reason I'm gonna I'm gonna completely because uh, he I'm I don't think that. he wants us to share his real name. Yeah, but he's no, a friend of ours. No. It was like actually an, he's anonymous. the friend that you were you were talking about in with the blue whale in the he was the one that was yeah. freaking out in the museum mm-hmm. about the whale. But we touched on that subject just the tiniest little bit about how, uh, which is with the Graham Hancock information too. If we had uh, an almost life extinguishing event at the end of the last ice age, we collectively have PTSD. Our human existence collectively has PTSD that we've never gotten over. And now with this lady saying we had an alien invasion and they wiped her memories, I think we would still have PTSD even if we can't remember it. If we have ancestral PTSD from an Ice Age incident where we almost got all everything got wiped off the planet. You're talking about Graham Hancock there? The Graham Hancock information, which Mm -hmm. we talked about a little bit with um, whatever his name was at that time. It is now Agent Exodus, but yeah, yeah. Agent Exodus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, he came on to talk about um, narcissism. He was talking about narcissism, but we went into that just mm-hmm. the tiniest little bit about the collective PTSD. Yes, it's my trauma, and I'll do with it what I want. Exactly, <laughs> it's my party, and I'll cry if I want to. You know, I always felt like that song was written for me. I will cry at my own party. If I want to cry at my own party. 
in their uh, audience, we see the Leo. That's the Leo own, right there. In her it's Leo season. You better watch out. Watch as she. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, anyway. <laughs> this all this also. Uh, we don't have to talk about it now because we need to get back to the video. But uh, remind remind me before we get off. I wanted to talk a little bit about the effect that me and you were talking about earlier about what some of this quote unquote disclosure is having in social media realms. Remember we were talking about that. Oh yeah, yeah. I want to talk a little about that before we. Get I off think the air that uh, Priestess of Wonderland was um, talking about it also. <laughs> In one Ooh. of her streams the other day. Okay, so we'll get to that in a little bit, but let's let's <clears> go ahead <throat> and pick up here. Okay, let's watch right. some more of this from this technology. And so, what happened to the the aliens that were invading? They were destroyed. By whom? They all By did. a group that the Octurians called in that are more of a warrior race. Okay. Wow. 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 Um. And so, and she was involved in all of that in, in what way? She has a very direct line to the Octarians. They, as well as the avian people, go to great lengths to protect her and watch over her. Okay. Wow, I'm just trying to think through that one. Um, have there been other times when similar situations have occurred where memories have been wiped like that? This is the only time the entire planet has been wiped. How much time period was wiped, would you say, from a human's perspective? We do not think of time in that way. I... I would say in your linear years, it would have been about two years. Oh my goodness. Which is how it impacted the whole planet. Time. So from a human's perspective, one day they're just living their life, this invasion happens or living through that but then their memory gets wiped and then all of a sudden it's just another day they were reset to one second prior they only lost one of your earth seconds oh my gosh and that was done out of kindness so that they okay, didn't have there. the trauma yeah. of the experience so I, I have a question because I was under the impression earlier that someone said that two years went by before they reset time it sounds like the invasion happened for two years. Is that what they were, she was saying? That the invasion was taking place for two years and then they reset our memories to one second before the invasion. But wouldn't our bodies have gotten older by two years, which for like a, for a child is significant. Like if yeah. you're 30, you might not notice, but if you're 11, and then all of a sudden you think you're 11, but your body is physically 13. That would mm -hmm. be a huge, <laughs> that would be a huge change. 
I don't remember there there ever being a Ross saying that they wiped our memories. I, I would have remembered that for sure. So Luce, so yeah. Luce is wondering if they did. I'm confused about this this whole part that we just listened to. Like, what what was she saying? Yeah, is, can someone in chat, are we mis mistaken here on what they're saying? Are she saying that it, ha it was happening for two years? So... Can we, can we, can we, like, back it up and listen to that part again? Uh, yeah, let me see. Let me, uh, back it up. Let me know where you back it to. Okay, Let's, I can see it. Like, uh... 930? Is that good? Yeah, okay, you ready? Yeah. And the entire planet has been wiped. How much time period was wiped, would you say, from a human's perspective? I do not think of time in that way. I... I would say in your linear years, it would have been about two years. Oh my goodness. Which is how it impacted the whole planet. Time. So two from years. a two human's years. perspective, one day they're just living their life, this invasion happens or living through that but then their memory gets wiped and then all of a sudden it's just another day they were reset to one second prior they only reset. lost one of your earth seconds oh my gosh and that was done out of kindness so that they didn't have the trauma of the experience yes wow can we and pause it again somehow that affects so my question now, so now I understand now that it was two years of time that had to be wiped. Yes. But there, she, the way that she says it, it's not that our memories were wiped, but they literally like went back and set our time. Rewound time. So like those two years, we lit, we got to live them again in a what would essentially be a different timeline which coincides with all the shit we were just talking about with the mandela effect mm -hmm. so they actually so if, rewound time so the physical would have changed as well so if you were 10 years old and then at the end of this timeline you were 12 years old then time was shifted back to when you were 10 yeah. 1994 to 1996. Yeah, 1994 to 1996. <clears throat> Is it weird that I almost think that's more ethical than wiping our memory? I think that's 
that I think that would be more ethical than wiping our memories because essentially they they're wiping our memories with time. They're not like doing it like we were thinking about with the men in black thing where it's like, poof, all you those memories are gone. They're like literally like taking us back in time. They're manipulating time. <laughs> Let us know what you think. Uh, that might, is that, yeah. Is does that, that more explain, ethical? Does that explain deja vu? Yeah, let us know in chat or if you're watching this uh, in the future. Luz said that they experienced in 1995 an incident where time went super slow. And I would like to just go back to the fact that the Nelson Mandela uh, was elected president in 1994. And in 1994 is supposed to be when our, we switched to a different timeline. Then in the timeline I remember, he died in the late 80s. But in the timeline we're in now, in 1994 which is supposed to be the same year that this lady's saying that we got invaded by aliens and they and the Arcturians reset our timeline. 1994 is when Nelson Mandela becomes president. Oh my God, are you serious, CMC? <laughs> you got a phone call from a friend and he said men in black within one second of me saying men in black. <laughs> We've entered the twilight zone. Posters has had deja vu once in the 2000s. Frosty has deja vu quite often. Yeah, I go through periods of time where I have, I'll have deja vu mm -hmm. quite a bit, and then it'll... There was a time well, period, Luce. I think a, a couple of years ago, where I had deja vu a lot, and it hasn't been happening recently. Lucy, remember that at, at four years old, time going super slow. Deja vu usually is about mundane things, as far as I can tell. Mm -hmm. It's like never anything significant. It's always like a song that's playing on the radio or somebody walking into the room at a specific time or, you know, it's like weird stuff like that. Yeah, you're at the DMV and you see this person, you're like, I've seen that person sit down that exact way before and get yeah. that book out. Mm -hmm. I've done this yeah. before. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. There's some really interesting stuff that we have that this video has got us thinking about. All right. Well, let's pick back up. We'll give it a little bit more time. We'll at least get to the part where, where CMC Airbus uh, wanted us to get to here. Well, I think that was it. The two years part. Oh, was, yeah, that, was that it, CMC? Was that the part that you thought breaks down the story? Or do we oh, need no. to go further? Oh, yeah. I, don't, I was just talking about the two years part. There's more yeah. to it. Oh, yeah. Let's just keep listening. Connected. The left knee, the energy block there. Not the Octarians. Oh, okay, okay, so, okay, let me get back to that then. How did the humans, you said kind of messed up what happened? Yes, there were some humans that were still aware. And they thought that she was still aware. However, she was not. And they took her and they did her great harm. And they erase those memories. And that is why she has so much trauma she does not recall. Of her time with those people who took her and then wiped her mind after they hurt her. 
Not directly, no. Okay. She did not know them. Do you get a sense of how it is that they wipe the mind? Just curious. It is a technology they have accessed from other beings, other planets. It was given to them. However, they misused it. Wow, okay. Um, so, so back to her knee. Um, what can be done to help her release that and get it healed to where it's just as good as new again? I will tend to that. And can you tell us how you do that? It's so interesting to hear how the healing occurs. It is all just energy. I will move it through her as she sleeps. It will take 12 nights. 12 nights? Yes. Why, why 12, I wonder? It will just take 12 nights. Mm -hmm. To give it to her all at once would be too much. Okay, we don't want to do that. We want her to have it just in the right amount, but full and complete healing by the end of 12 nights. Is that right? Yes. Perfect. Okay. Wow. Is there anything else about that invasion that you can share with her? There's much I cannot discuss. We're just curious. It's such a fascinating topic. Okay. Well, we will respect that. Um, she has asked me repeatedly for this information. I choose to give some today because she is so persistent. Right. She was saying that she felt that she was going to get some information today that she'd been asking for. Yes. What else are you able to share with her? I do not understand your question. Um, is there more information that you can share with her that she's ready for today? Not about the invasion, no. She may be ready, but it is not time for anyone else to know. Okay. Okay. Well, is there any information you can share with her that will stay private with her? Yes, I can tell her more through her channeled writing. And that kind of like we've opened up the door to this conversation now? Yes, permission is now there. Oh, wonderful. Okay, good for her. Very good. All right. Anywhere else in the body that you are looking at for healing? I guess right. we can pause up there. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so that was, that was pretty much it for the, the invasion part, correct? It seemed like it. We had pretty much gotten to... Uh... I mean, that's interesting. So, CMC, what part did you think was kind of broke down the whole <clears throat> the whole story? Like, what was uh, what made it seem like it was not plausible? <clears throat> Out of curiosity. Yeah, I don't know. There's a lot of weird stuff in there. Yeah. And some of it kind of lines up with other weird stuff. <laughs> you know? I mean, is it a fantastical story that absolutely is hard yeah. to, you know, take at face value? Absolutely. Um, 
there's a lot that you would have to figure out from that story, like the the two years of time. But it 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 is interesting that it kind of coincides with you know what people have said about. I'm curious effect. too that like I wonder if there's other people that have these recollections or can access you know if uh-huh. there has been anybody else that's accessed these memories. You know they're talking about um the Arcturians. This mm-hmm. who's they're talking to oh, Hi linguist. Yeah, hello linguist. The Arcturians are the ones that she said came to help us by resetting our time. Is what it seemed like to me. And calling in some other and calling in the warrior tribe. Mm. Yeah, the warrior ones. But then I was also confused. Like, who was she saying that? took her and did her great harm and was the reason why her knee got messed up. But Priestess Wonderland said that she's not sure who they is either. I don't think she really says. Yeah, and I mean, that's, it's a long video. Um, there's yeah. some really interesting stuff in there from the uh, the first part that I was listening to. I mean, because what it, it, it went on for like over an hour before we even got to that point. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's still like... Uh, basically a whole other hour yeah two hours and 13 minutes yeah. it's a long hypnosis session there <laughs> so that was called quantum healing hypnosis technique which i've heard of qhht but i didn't know what it stood for and now now i know hmm. very interesting very interesting all right, CMC, if you want to, uh, if you get a chance, if you want to drop us your your take on that, because you said you yeah. thought there was a couple of things that caused that to break down. What was it? I'd be interested to hear your, your take on it, uh, since you said you kind of had uh, something about that. Uh, but what we'll do is we have a couple other really long videos, and we're coming up on the uh, on the bottom of the hour, 930. So what we might do is watch... Why don't we do a poll to do which okay. one we watch? Okay. Yeah, that sounds yeah. fine. We have uh so we have two other ones to, that we have lined up. So why don't you guys decide which one we're gonna watch? While you're doing that, I might actually take a little quick break. Okay. Be right back. All right, so we have The Truth About Roswell, uh, Decoding Decades of Deception. And then the other one we had lined up to watch was uh, Decrypting Universal Mysteries, Decrypting Universal Mysteries and Esoteric Wisdom with Robert Edward Grant.
All right. So we'll go ahead and start the poll. All right, you guys go and put in your uh, your votes there, and we'll watch whatever one you guys pick. I don't think we'll be able to get through either of uh, them tonight, but we can get through the good, like the first 30 minutes of it, roughly, um, depending on how much we have to pause it, but uh, we can at least get into a good portion of it. Looks like we might be watching the Decrypting the Universal one. Yeah, looks like it so far. Three votes for Decrypting Universal Mysteries and Esoteric Wisdom with Robert Edward Grant. He's worth watching. You want to read his books. He knows what he's talking about. Cool linguist. I haven't heard of him or watched or listened or nothing. <laughs> Happy the Witching Hours Day. <laughs> you're, so you're so cute, hoaxers. With your 10 star review. <laughs> All right, it looks like that's what we're going to watch. Okay. Then. Before, so before we get into this video, I wanted to bring up the topic we were talking about in the middle of the last video, which is what does everyone think about the reaction? Oh, yeah. To the subcommittee hearing and the possible disclosure that's taking place because I've seen kind of a response in social media that I wasn't expecting. Yeah, I think um, Allison had mentioned it the other day about like, people were like, I don't care if there's aliens, cause who's gonna pay my bills? <laughs> like, are you serious? Like, what is even happening? Which I've seen a couple of those that I quickly scrolled past on the TikTok. Like, uh... Seriously? <laughs> yeah, because it seems like the predominant meme is kind of like what you said. It's like, yeah. uh, uh, there's more important things to worry about. And yeah. okay, we should buy no Gas and prices is too high. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're like an alien, like a meme of like an alien, like saying hi to somebody, or like, you know, like you're not surprised to see me, and it's like. I got more important stuff to worry about, yeah. you know. <laughs> like, who's gonna buy my baby diapers? Uh, what is happening? Yeah, Allison says it's weird. I think that kind of speaks to how much, people, how much are people are struggling. People are struggling. People are struggling right now. It's mm -hmm. it's uh, desperate times for a lot of people, and gas prices are just going up and up and up and up and up. 
which causes everything, the price of everything else to go up. I want to say gas prices have gone up over 40 cents where we're at just in a since month. June. Yeah, so like in a yeah. month, mm-hmm. they've gone up almost half a dollar. So yeah. uh, the squeeze. Tell, tell them the uh, statistic <clears throat> that you told us yesterday about the depression. Well, let's look this up. Because I don't want to, you know, I was just conversationally talking about it. So I don't know if my numbers are correct. But um, even if it was close, it was ridiculous. <laughs> uh, you know, the Great Depression of the 1930s, which devastated our country and is still talked about, and the effects of it are still felt all the way uh, 90 years later and then frosty found some information i was talking about some information yesterday fifteen hundred dollars a year was the average income of an american family and that had dropped from 2300 to 1500 dollars but that's also if you had a job per year yeah, because a lot a of people during the depression didn't have jobs. We have to remember that. Because at one point in time, you, yeah, you had you know up to like a forty percent unemployment rate at the height of the Great Depression, roughly. Mm-hmm. Um, so the average person that had a job is making fifteen hundred dollars a year. What's the equivalent of that today, China the Frost? Well, the average cost of a house in nineteen thirty-two was thirty-nine hundred dollars. Okay. And then let's see, fifteen hundred dollars in Allison yeah, looked it up. So these, Ninety two thousand. Yeah, and see it's gonna depend on it's gonna depend on um what calculator you were looking at, because I got like thirty five thousand. But it's probably better to use the official um, IRS inflation calculator. Hoaxers was thinking 50,000. There's a video that Allison watched that said it was 92,000. <clears throat> yeah, and see, that's why I wanted to get real numbers if we were going to discuss it on here, because if you're using the uh, the inflation calculator from... The IRS. CPI inflation calculator, which is put out by the Bureau of Labor Statistics, is saying it was 32,000. Oh, well, that's a lot different than what we mm-hmm. said yesterday. <laughs> and a lot different than what Allison saw in a video as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I saw a yeah. video that was saying it was like 150000 Yeah. Which, you know, can't believe everything you see on the internet, I reckon. I guess so. Um, you know, I think the biggest, the biggest thing that I've seen, um, and, and, and I can show this, uh, wage... Uh, versus productivity. Well, and 
then in 1930s, how many women were having, how many women were working? Yes. Not a lot. They didn't get to really have jobs until World War II. So we can bring up the, uh, and I brought this up on the screen here, the gap between productivity and the typical workers' compensation has increased dramatically since 1979. So you can see from the screen that basically the wage of the average American is on on the same track as the productivity in the United States. And then starting in 1979, uh, and going back to 1969 is, is an, another important date there. But you see how productivity keeps going up in the average uh, American wage. Doesn't really go up very much. Starts stagnating. And there's a separation mm-hmm. there. Uh, pro- t- productivity from 79 to 2021 has gone up 64%. And the hourly pay has only gone up 17%. Whereas before that, they basically stayed on track with each other. All them greedy company owners lying in their pockets so they can have their private island in Bermuda or whatever. <laughs> and letting everybody suffer. Good times. Yeah. Good times. Um, yeah, yeah, and you're right, hoaxers. And that's why it's important to uh, to look it up and do your own math because you can yeah. say whatever numbers you want to say. Although, I, you know, I do think, I mean, you can look at the price of houses and stuff and see, that I mean, the huge increase in how much more yeah. mm-hmm. uh, it is to get a house here and, um, than it was. Yeah, so if, the, if it was the, way, the uh, yearly wage was 1500 and the house, uh, average house cost 3900 that's basically like a little over three years wages to purchase a house. Which doesn't equal today, because if the average income no. was just say fifty thousand, uh, well, I mean, let's look it up. It's hard to use your local prices because I don't think we're the national yeah. average. Uh, national cost to uh, to uh, so the national median price for new homes in two twenty twenty two which that's gone up over mm-hmm. the last year was 380 it's basically $385,000. Wow. So now you're looking at uh one you know you're looking at uh two four six and a half times like six yeah. and a half years of pay whereas before you were looking at three years three of years pay. pay. So that's doubled. Yeah, and yeah. maybe even more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Depending on where you live. Yeah. Crazy. All right. We're going to watch some of this other video. Yeah. Um, well, I wanted to see, did anybody have anything to say about the social media reactions? I saw. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Said yeah. It. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. Because that, that's where that's how we got off. That's why we got there. on this tangent. Because we were talking yeah. about how much people were struggling. <laughs> the fact yes. that people making less than a third of the average person made during the and um mm-hmm. i don't know i it's 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 one of those things that it's like be careful what you ask for kinds of things like i've been waiting you know kind of wondering my whole life if disclosure would ever happen and like this kind of having this sense of 
I don't know, accomplishment, if, if, if it ever were to be proven that there was extraterrestrial life or that there were, you know, some kinds of interdimensional travelers or, or whatever the heck it was, you know, people, people who have, you know, were listening to Coast to Coast in 1996, 1998, staying up all night trying to find out about these UFO stories and <laughs> time traveling, all this stuff. We've been waiting for our moment. Yeah. And now like that moment has arrived and it's like, it's going to rock, you know, the core of, of humanity. And people are like, Oh, cool. There's aliens in a place in Minecraft, you know, and, yeah. and maybe that's exactly why they waited. That's, I think that's exactly why they waited. Cause they didn't want, like they didn't want people to freak out and now they're not, they're not freaking out. Yeah. Nobody's freaking out. Hoaxer said 15 years ago, people would have freaked out. You're absolutely right. Yes. Shit, I think five years ago, people would have freaked out. And now nobody's freaking out. So Hoaxer says, I actually expect people to react in this way because of the struggles uh, part of it. But if this would happened 15 year ago, years ago, mm-hmm. everyone would have gone crazy. It makes me sad because it could mean that they are keeping free energy from us. Mm-hmm. I think they've been keeping free energy from us for about a hundred years. Really? Speaking of people wine in their pockets. Yeah, I don't know how far yeah. that rabbit hole goes, but I, I do. I will say that I'm, I'm willing to, I would be willing to bet that even if they didn't have free energy figured out all the way, that there was definitely not an incentive to try to refine no. it. <laughs> that if someone you know. was working on it and close to discovering it, it would have been. That's a lot of people yeah. that wouldn't be making their money. Well, the, I mean, right off the bat, you'd have the oil yeah. companies. And mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. We're, 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 we're borderlining politics a lot tonight, but. Um, <laughs> I think we've and kept then, it pretty uh, neutral. Then Prisa said, and, and whether that is because the aliens don't trust us with technology or the government won't tell us because they want to keep us working. Mm-hmm. Oh, me and you had that conversation last night. What are, are humans ready for the technology that, because I said that imagine the technology and the boost of things that we could be getting. Yeah. If full disclosure were to happen and you said, well, I don't would they even give it to us? Yeah, and I said that I think the first technologies they would give us would be like medicine and like healthcare stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, yeah. here's here's how you stop cancer. Yeah. Yeah. Here's how you heal the common cold. <laughs> here's how you stop brain inju- how you heal brain injuries and nerve disorders and um, I think those would be the, the kinds of things, um, anything they could share that I guess they don't think could be weaponized. Exactly. I wouldn't trust us. We're a goddamn mess. That is funny. Um, priestess, I was, I've actually been thinking about that. Like what would they want to be called? Because I'm sure referring to all of the different kinds as alien is probably like, not cool. <laughs> yeah, that'll be um, a derogatory term. I yeah. Pretty quickly. <laughs> it's not now, but it would be once we. Yeah. Humans do all... adapt very quickly. You're right, CMC. 
and maybe that's what we're seeing cmc maybe we're just seeing like people have just grown up for long enough now that they just kind of figured that something would eventually pop up and now it has but i don't think people have taken into consideration how big of an impact real disclosure would would have well, that's kind of what hoaxers just said i feel like we're ready for just the beginning but not the whole thing yeah which i feel like is what they're trying to do and then Parisa said the medical industry is big misses too and it absolutely is because there's i've heard a lot of speculation and theories and rumors that they already know how to cure cancer and they won't because the uh you know pink ribbons and shit make a lot of money well um i actually left it off the news today um but i'll 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 go ahead and put it on there for our saturday show um but there has been some treatments um some breakthroughs in cancer treatments recently some Mm -hmm. of it supposedly coming from stuff they were doing during covid vaccine research oh yeah um and like just here from uh pen medicine uh headline why new cancer treatment discoveries are proliferating um there was CMC. a uh cmc there... has a good point uh that's assuming that, a- that aliens have the same sense of being offended yes humans true. are always offended <laughs> they might not give a shit it's like not even on the radar <laughs> um this is uh this is uh data from yesterday a promising new oral cancer treatment a pill has been shown to selectively destroy cancer cells while leaving healthy cells unharmed the drug has only been studied in animals and in laboratory experiments but it appears to have no side effects. It works by disrupting the reproduction cycle of cancer cells. So it targets amazing. the reproduction. And, you know, it hasn't gone into human trials yet, but if we're able to stop cancer from replicating in animals, uh-huh. I have to imagine that's a pretty big step. Yeah. So... Anyway, let's get to our video. I'll, maybe I'll promising. find those stories and we'll talk more about it Saturday when we do our next episode of The Witching Hours with Chat to Charlie. It's going to be a good one, so don't miss it. One o'clock on a one very o'clock. special date and time. <laughs> yes. Okay, so we are doing... Uh, we're just going to start this one the from universe. the beginning? Yes, we're just going to start it from the beginning. Okay. I'll let you know when I start it. i got to get us to... Uh, it does have timestamps for different um, subjects. All right. Is there a certain subject we would do? There's geometry of nature, using geometry to raise consciousness, transcending judgments. There's one on synchronicity. One. Yeah. Toltec Mysteries tribe. of the Great Pyramids. Brain and heart connection. Do we want to start at the synchronicity and then listen to the stuff about the pyramids? Yeah, let's do synchronicity. We'll do the part on synchronicity. There's also a part about aliens in there. (laughs) We've been doing lots of aliens. We have been talking about aliens a lot. Okay. 
All right, so I'm at what time stamp are you at now? Def. 5140 50 yeah mm -hmm. okay uh give me a second i'm uh i'm buffering okay i'll start mine over again then we become a do okay. animals get cancer if they're eating naturally it's a good question or is it only from processed food mm -hmm. i don't know humans i know are. i know i've had humans are always butthurt about something yes i know i've had dogs that have gotten cancerous tumors i don't know if it's from processed food or probably um, advanced societies wouldn't yeah would have expanded beyond individual feelings could be hmm. otherwise known as not getting butt hurt <laughs> all right we ready yep all right let's go available to synchronicities and actually becoming aware of them much more in our daily life is there anything you want to touch on with that <laughs> yeah i'll give you an example so uh, when I founded my company, I uh, the first company I, I named was a company called Alfion. And the original name I kept seeing it was A-E-O-N. A-E-O-N. And I kept seeing like ringing the you know New York Stock Exchange bell or something I could see. And it was like a ticker symbol, A-E-O-N. I was like, okay. Then I looked up the company and the company's name was Taken. So Aeon was taken and the ticker symbol was taken. And so I was like, oh, I can't call it AEON. I'll call it Alfion. Maybe that company will sell and something will change. And so I'll be able to capture it later on. So a few years later, I started this company, uh, Alfion. It grew very fast. It became a unicorn very quickly. And uh, we went to register it. It wasn't going to be on the New York Stock Exchange. It was going to be on the NASDAQ. And um, so we grabbed the company that had the ticker before got sold in the meantime. And so we grabbed the name AEON. So I was like, okay, that's symbolic. That's really cool. So it'll be Alfion with the ticker AEON. Well, then Alfion ended up um, going the route of becoming the second largest healthcare lender in, in the United States. So we do uh, consumer lending and everything through this business. And, and then the other healthcare aspects of it, we sort of separated out and, and we founded another company in 20, early 2019 called Aeon, A-E-O-N. Mm. So it was part of the same company, just sort of spun out of the same company. And now that company just announced that it's basically going public via SPAC, SPAC merger, right? And in the next few months, uh, it'll be done probably, you know, next couple, two, three months. And it's so funny to me because there's going to be a bell ringing, and I had no idea, right, that the circuitous path this was going to have to take for it to end up being the truth. Now, was it my commitment to it? Who knows? I don't know. I didn't really think about it that much in the meantime. It just was almost serendipity. It was just like happenstance in a way that it just kept working out. And, and then now, all these years later, it's exactly what's happening. It's been 11 years since that time. So I could look at that and I could say, huh, what a coincidence. That's a quinky dink. Or oh, just like dink. I've survived through three plane crashes. Someone that sees the glass half full would like me see it as I'm the luckiest guy in the world. I've lived through three plane crashes. Oh my gosh. And yet sometimes I travel with people who are like, I don't want to fly with you. <laughs> like you're like bad luck. You know, it's like, that's super unlucky. I'm like, 
I've survived three plane crashes. I'd say that's pretty lucky. <laughs> but do you see what I mean? Yeah. Anything that you experience could be seen in one context or another, and it might be radically different. I have a friend whose son was killed in a suicide bombing, 11-year-old son, in Sri Lanka, which was a retaliation bombing that happened by jihadists um, after they felt they had to retaliate against a killing that had occurred in New Zealand by a neo-Nazi on a mosque with 50 people dying. But Sri Lanka is more than 3,000 miles away from New Zealand. How are the two things even related? But the suicide bomber was hailed as a hero. But the only person that died besides himself in this bombing was an 11-year-old boy who was entirely innocent. And yet, it's a war. So in his family, in his village, in his you know, peer group, the suicide bomber is a hero. It's hard for us to say what is right and what is absolutely wrong. Very difficult. And this has been one of the oldest things throughout time. <laughs> you have a shepherd in the Middle East somewhere who had a really tough summer and the crops are, or the, the hillside has been destroyed by the sun. It's very dry. And the other that's covered by shade still has grass on it. So he looks over and he says, oh, my neighbor over there has really green pastures and I don't. And you know what? It's amazing. He worships a different God. And last night, my God appeared to me and told me to kill him and take his land and consecrate it to my God. This is the oldest story in the book. There is no older story than this. We can't separate what we think of as right and wrong from our own bias and benefit. That's another thing that has to be recognized. So when I looked at this name Aeon, I later learned... Aeon, in the Greek sense, uh, means gods, right? the gods. The Greek gods are often referred to as aeons. They could have been spelled A-E-O-N. It's also a reference to time, aeons of time, right? Um, and A-I-O-N is another spelling for it as well, because it's really this ligatured A-E in Greek. But what's interesting is that there's also a book written by Carl Jung, by the name of Aeon, which was about the individuation path. Mm, the phenomenology of self. and The phenomenology of self. Now, I had no idea about any of this when I came up with it, but I, I knew there was something special to it, and I knew that one of the meanings to the word Aeon was I am. So, And also, if you look at it, it's A-E-O-N. <laughs> You've got the same letters besides the letter A as the number one, right? And that's kind of interesting. So there's something to gematria also. Maybe you've heard of gematria, where you can actually read the Bible in different forms of Greek gematria, English gematria, simple gematria, and there are numbers that are basically significant to each one. So in simple gematria, the letter A would be the number one. Got it. And in Greek gematria, it would be the same. But there's 24 numbers, right, uh, that would then be associated with a Greek alphabet. But what's interesting is that they didn't actually have a numbering system. So if you go back in time... The Greek language was, the, the letters of their language was their numbering system. And that was true all the way up until the advent of the Arabic numerical system, right? So that means that literally gematria was embedded into everything from Greek, right? If, if the number one, the number two is B, the number three is gamma, right, or C, 
which is from camel, gimel, and and bet is house. So aleph bet would be bull house. Aleph means bull, right? And that's true in all those most of the Semitic languages, right? So alpha. So when you start realizing the whole thing is connected, there's nothing that's not connected. And then I learned that in Greek, when you flip a word around, it also has a meaning very often. So what is the opposite of aeon? No way. Have you ever heard of noetics? Mm -hmm. Noetics Institute, which is about thought and consciousness. So now aeon on one direction means I am, and in the other means I think. Is this all coincidence? (laughs) And both are irrevocably tied to the number one just like Neo is with one. Mm-hmm. These... So the pause. So that goes all the way to uh, Descartes, right? I think, therefore I am. Mm-hmm. I was still trying to figure out the synchronicities. Like, did they ever get to it? <laughs> yeah, the synchronicity for him was that he had the vision of yes. forming the Aeon Company, and he does. Yes, it happens. But I, that I don't see that as a, being. A that's not a synchronicity. That's like a premonition. Yes. Yeah. And it wasn't a coincidence because he was intentionally trying to. Now, is yeah. it a case of manifestation? Yeah. Yeah. Very. I, I could see definitely. And I like, did. I did like ooh. what he was just talking about with all like the word. And it being reversed and like, it'd be, you know, like it being, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, is that coincidence? Yeah. Yeah. I'd say, Priestess said, I'd say more thinking positive and perspective. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And manifesting and. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I don't really consider that a synchronicity. Yeah, that doesn't that seem a, like a synchronicity to me. A coincidence or a uh, synchronicity. Yeah. I well, agree. Maybe we can this... watch another portion of this. We're hitting yeah. the top of the hour. It's 10 o'clock. I uh, agree. The set looks very cozy. It does. The uh, podcast um, host is, yeah, like got no shoes on and he's all like just super comfy in his chair <laughs> with the plants and stuff yeah <laughs> nice lighting mm-hmm. yeah yeah very earthy mm-hmm. so there was probably some better portions of that video that we could have watched i think we probably picked <laughs> well, we'll keep we'll keep this on the list um, yeah because there's lots there's of more different of things to watch so there's more a lot more parts that sound that were probably more interesting so who was this guy polymath robert edward grant is a successful entrepreneur of uh, sounds like it and best-selling author of polymath philomath who is fascinated with the interconnected strands that weave throughout sacred geometry math art and music Peers between the layers of our reality, finding clues that have been waiting for centuries to be found in ancient artwork, inscriptions, and structures that perfectly align with modern science and mystery school teachings. 
He's a prolific inventor, artist, sculptor, music theorist, musician, and author of several research and patent publications spanning biology, DNA, combinatorics, number theory, geometry, and physics. The dude does a lot of stuff. Yeah. No shoes equals living life. <laughs> New world man for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Interesting. So Frosty, were you saying that we were we were wrapping it up for the night? Yeah, so we'll be back Saturday at 1 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. So we're going to have an early show on Saturday. We're going to have chat to Charlie on. Um, and she is going to uh, talk about what she does. She is a... Uh, a medium. Medium, clairvoyant, uh, reads tarot, has a very interesting uh, life story. Mm -hmm. Um beginning with uh, uh, going down a whole issue of um, that leads to her being a, uh, uh, a madam and all kinds of uh, interesting topics to talk about. So um, if you want to kind of uh, uh, check her out before she comes on, uh, you can uh, check her out at chat, the number two, charlie.co.uk. And that's going to be at one o'clock on Saturday. Uh, she's been on uh, quite a few television programs and uh, all kinds of things. Uh, and I think it's going to be a very uh, uh, interesting conversation, some of which we've had with some of our guests and some of which I think is going to be very different than <laughs> we had with than the conversation we've had with some of our guests. So we'll be back on Saturday for the uh, second episode of the week. Tonight was just like a little bonus. Yeah, like it's Thursday. CMC's gonna let's... CMC's gonna post the his thoughts on the two year memory erase in Discord. All right, that sounds good. Uh, so for all the people listening at another time and another place, uh, feel free to join our Discord. You can find the links for that if you go to Twitch. You can find it at the on YouTube, uh, uh, YouTube, uh, the Witching Hours podcast. Um, and for those who weren't here uh, towards the beginning, we have a uh, a giveaway going on this month. Uh, there are two things you have to do to get yourself into the getaway uh, giveaway. The uh, getaway. Yeah, we can't do a getaway. <laughs> <laughs> I could what, use a getaway. Are we, are we um, robbing a bank? It's a getaway car. Uh, we're yeah. A trip to two to Hawaii. No. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, go to uh, Apple Podcasts. Please give us a review. Take a uh, screenshot of that. And if you are not uh, following us on YouTube, uh, uh, go to YouTube. Take a screenshot that you're subscribed there. I will create a channel before I uh, before I leave the premises in a minute. I'll create a, uh, a channel in Discord for the giveaway. And you just upload those two screenshots in there and you will be entered into the drawing that we're going to do uh, around Labor Day. We'll give it the whole month of August. And then um, you will win a uh, your choice item of your choice the from the Witching shop. Hours 
merch shop. And that could be a hoodie, a shirt, a tumbler. Yep. Many things we have on there, and I'll probably add some more stuff as this month goes along, so you'll have a good uh, a choice from the merch shop. So uh, we'll talk about that more. I'll put some more stuff out on uh, on the on the Xverse, not the Twitterverse anymore, the Xverse, and uh, all the places that uh, we put information out at. Um, <laughs> thanks everyone for coming and uh, hanging out with us tonight. We had fun as always. Mm-hmm. Um. So we will say to you good night. But let's see who we have in the Twitchosphere this evening. Mystic Village and Mr. Weird. Yes, we have the real Mr. Weird is one. When Allison wins the lottery, we're gonna all go in and get away. And uh, we'll get CMC to fly the airplane. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Yeah, we got like, uh, how many people can you fly, CMC? How many people can <laughs> you just come swing by all the different places and yeah. pick us up? And we'll go to Hawaii or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If Allison wins the lottery. Oh, yeah. I like uh, how Luce is thinking. Uh, get away to Salem, Salem Massachusetts. Massachusetts. I'm sure yeah. we could find some interesting places. So many trips, yeah. Well, maybe some of us can drive to different places together. Like uh, like me and Hoaxers and Allison could all meet up together. We're close enough. So that's I would, one less stop. I would love to. At some point in time, Two one, less day, one day, I would love to do like a thing where we could all go to like one of the most haunted places, right? What was the, the penitentiary in West Virginia there or something? And uh, uh, yeah. Allegheny or something. Yeah. And yeah. do like a thing where you can like get a hotel room and then Eddie's have like, bird. and do like a tour together where we could do like a, a thing, but you know, that'll probably be down the road, but that'd be awesome to do. Like a we could do a thing at a place, mm-hmm. a thing at a place. That'd be great. Salem would be good, but to go somewhere we could actually do like an uh, investigation or something would yeah. be interesting. If we could do a thing at a place. Uh-huh. Let's Gettysburg go. would be one for sure. Gettysburg mm-hmm. would be easiest for us to do. Gettysburg is only a few hours away from us, so. Yeah. I've never been to Gettysburg either, so. No, neither have I. All right. Yeah. Who are we rating? All right, guys, we're going to go raid Mr. Weird. Mr. Weird. So go say hello, and we'll see you guys. I'll see most of you tomorrow for Jenny's stream tomorrow. on Friday. So yep. take care. I'm back off to work again. I'll see you guys tomorrow night. <laughs>